Good morning, good morning. And today you are listening to Tammy Talks 2. And it is my pleasure to have a guest on this morning, whom actually I just met because I have an interest in homeschooling. I was a homeschool mother, didn't know what I was doing. And I'm sure there's many, many, many of us who don't know what we're doing. But today we have Miss Lisa, that's spelled L-E-Z-A, but it's pronounced Lisa Chandler. And she yes, is a veteran. Yes, you know what? I am it's just a pleasure to talk to you, and it's a pleasure to see your lovely face this morning. Listen, even though I don't want you to see me, because you know I already told you the situation. But let me just tell our audience a little bit about you, Lisa. You are a mom, a, a veteran homeschooling mom who lives in Savannah, Georgia with your husband, Corey. And you and your husband have homeschooled your three children since 2014 and just graduated your oldest in June. Oh God, you gotta tell us how that went too. Oh my God, okay. My baby. <laughs> oh my God. So Lisa, welcome. Welcome to Tammy Talks 2. This is actually my third podcast. I was hoping to be on a roll by now, but the coronavirus dropped and everything kind of stopped. And so I'm about two months behind. <laughs> but you know, we're kicking it off with you, Lisa. We well, are good, kicking it off. You know, I will tell you one of the things I tell my homeschooling families is there is no such thing as being behind. Okay, great. Fantastic. Right, because you have your own schedule, you're following your own plan. That's right. So who's who's really behind if you're doing it when you get to it? Well, you know what? You are exactly right. Now, as I told you, I'm in Ohio, Lisa, mm -hmm. and I just saw that the governor, uh, was it the governor? No, the Cleveland Municipal School Board, as of yesterday, has said that Cleveland will be online. Well, you know, versus coming in. So I don't know if they're going to do like some days in, some days online or whatever. Right. I am not comfortable with children going back to school. Now. Yeah, lots of people aren't. I, I know. If they got any good sense, I don't think they would be. You know what I mean? Right. Now, but all of my children are grown. My mm -hmm. last two children, which are now 24 and 25, mm -hmm. I homeschooled them. So we know how long ago that was, right? <laughs> yep. And I didn't know what I was doing, but you know, I'm kind of a rebel. <laughs> and the, the schools were it. not doing what I needed them to do. And, and so you fired I, them. Uh, yes, I, ma'am, you know. Fired you know, them. Know. <laughs> honey, I fired them so fast. And my, my poor children, honey, they didn't know what the heck. And they probably thought I was crazy. Right? But we got the computer, we had the internet. And uh, you know, we just got started. But what I had to do, I wound up connecting in with one of those organizations that have everything already set up for you. Right. You know what I mean? Now, yeah. that's not what you do, or is that what you do? So tell us no, what you do, Lisa. Tell us what you do. So my husband and I actually started our company called A New Way of Georgia LLC. It's um, spelled K-N-U-W. That's for Knowledge, Understanding, and Wisdom. We started it back in fantastic, by the way, fantastic. Okay. I love Thank that. You. Okay, continue, sister. But we started it back in 2016 because our youngest daughter, Amana, ended up with severe testing anxiety, 
Mm. He was one of those kids who would erase her sentences if they were not written correctly. Oh, okay. Judged herself by her good grades. And when she oh. did good grades, it just really just broke her heart. Mm. So um, starting in fourth grade in most school districts, that's the first year they expect you to actually take standardized tests that count towards their money. Uh -huh. And so it was a very stressful period of time. Teachers were expecting this, the kids to just have all of these skills and all of these abilities. And it was almost like the fourth grade teachers did not talk to the third grade teachers to find out what these kids were actually taught. Oh. What? That's terrible. So they had a whole different set of expectations that okay. we were not expecting going from third grade to fourth grade. And most of the time we find that parents who are considering homeschooling, if mm -hmm. they're not considering it for some reason, you know, like mm -hmm. they, they, they religiously don't feel like it or they don't want to do vaccines or they feel like their school system is not good, um, we usually find them leaving the school system right around fourth grade. <laughs> That's the well, next you know, exodus. You know what? That's very interesting that you say that because my own personal experience, I remember when I was in the third grade, mm -hmm. my teacher, I'll never forget her. I really like this teacher. One of my favorite teachers, her name was Miss Larkin, a young Caucasian woman. Mm -hmm. And she said she, you know, she wanted to have me tested. And so they did. So, I, you know, they brought in a psychiatrist or whatever. And then and let me just say this one point. And, and the psychiatrist told my mother that I was a perfectionist <laughs> and they wanted to skip me a grade. Now this was the third grade, right? And my mother didn't want me to be skipped. So they put me into what they call enrichment classes. So that was a whole, and that was going into the fourth grade. So that was really a big turning point for me. So, you know, because what brought that to my mind, you're talking about the third grade transitioning to the fourth grade. But go ahead, hun. I just had to throw that out there right quick. But go no, ahead. Yeah, like, like most of the parents, they will, most of the school systems, I'll say, try to do all sorts of things to mm -hmm. make their system fit our children. And some yes, of the ways they exactly. do that is by uh, enrichment classes, gifted classes, accelerated mm -hmm. classes. But then mm -hmm. on the other end of the spectrum, they have remedial classes and inclusion. Exactly. Classes and all sorts of things for the kids who are on the, the slower end. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But for our daughter, we, we, you know, we were committed to the school system. My family came here from the British West Indies for schooling. My mother- I read your story. Wait a minute, you got, you know what? You got to tell us a little bit about the whole situation. Cause I read- My mother and father were hoodwinked and bamboozled. <laughs> <laughs> Most of us are, huh? I, I don't fault them because, you know, you always want what's best for your kids, right? Exactly. So my father came here to go to the seminary. He was actually the first African-American, or actually the first Black person because we're not African-American. Um, but he was the first Black person to receive a doctorate degree in the, in, um, the seminary in Florida. Wow. So, he came to the school for education, he came to the States for education, and then he was here about six months and started missing his family. So he asked for my mother to bring us. And my mother was working for the prime minister as a personal secretary. She, you know, was six months away from retirement from oh. her job. Wow. And he just really, you know, said, no, I need you to come now. 
So she oh. ended up dropping everything and the, house, the house that he built for us with his no. own hands, overlooking the ocean in Bird oh. Rock, St. Kitts, and um, ended up going to Florida. And we wow. came with nothing, sis. I, when I tell you, our first nights in Florida were at a church. My family oh. of eight people slept in the church's nursery. My baby sister, oh. who was about two years old, we put her in the drawer to oh. sleep. We, we came here with nothing <laughs> because wow. my mother was told that she could get a free college education for all of her children. Right, I saw and you that. have to understand that in the islands and other parts of the world, school only goes up to 16. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then once you finish with school, you have to apply to university. Right. And in, in St. Kitts, there was no way that eight of her children were going to get scholarships Ooh. to go to university. Because exactly. you, know, you don't really pay for that. You have to be, you know, of the brightest, and then you apply, okay. and then you go. So oh, that's how it that. was back then. Okay. <laughs> so that's a really big motivation for my mother to exactly. leave everything for us to come here and go to school. And you she, know what? I probably would have done the same thing, Lisa. Right. I mean, you know, that's exactly. Now go ahead. I would have done the same thing. You know? mom so, was so then out. four of the six of us were actually old enough to go back into school here, to be in school okay. here. And so, okay. and now four out of the six of us have master's degrees. Fantastic. And none of us got our undergraduate degrees. None of us had to pay a dime. We all went on academic scholarships, very wow. intelligent children, didn't have to pay anything. Now, graduate school was a whole different situation. Oh, but, yeah, that's a whole you know, different situation. Undergrad, we, we all got academic scholarships, full rides. Excellent. And I but went tell, to- But tell me what you think, but tell me and tell our audience <laughs> your whole summation. Go ahead, so, girl. So I bought into it, you know, and my mother would say that she got a free education, but I tell people now there is absolutely nothing free about the public school education. It will cost you everything. Wow. You know it what? That's going to blow people mad. Now tell us, why do you say that? Because in order for you to get educated by this public school, your child has to give up everything that you believe in as a family. Like they mm. have to believe that the state is more important than their family. They have to, they have to be willing to, you know, leave you guys. <laughs> they have to be willing to turn you in if you're breaking the laws. They are taught to become good citizens, right? Mm -hmm. And a good mm -hmm. citizen is one that follows the laws, pay their taxes, and doesn't complain about the government. Yes, ma'am. I understand. So, you know, it doesn't mean you're a good person. Exactly. <laughs> but to be a good citizen is the goal of public education, you know? And I, I tell people, you have to go back and look at the history of public education, where it came from, how it was founded. And you and I were kind of talking about that. I did not know this. I had to study. I started reading books by John Taylor Gatto about the underground history of American, you know, schooling and dumbing us down. I started reading, you know, like the secrets of public education. And I did uh -huh. not know that public school was actually really fought against by Americans. Like Americans in the 1800s wanted nothing to do with public education. Nothing. Now, you know what? You are educating me right now because I did not know that. I didn't yeah. know that. 
and by the 1880s, so so there was a, a history of things that happened. Okay. But ultimately, the way that they got people to go along with this was that there were, it was paid for by corporations like the Rockefellers and the Vanderbilts. It was paid for because initially, you know, the government said, we're going to do this thing called public schooling and we're going to pay for it with a common fund. So everybody in the country is going to pay taxes into the common fund and then we're going to take away your children and educate them all together. And people were like, no, thank you. <laughs> you know, this country was founded by Protestants who left England because of their religious beliefs. They wanted to do things their own way. So the fiercely independent American spirit was alive and well. And now you're telling them that you're going to remove their children from their homes to educate them to be good wow. citizens. Right. Wow. People were not having it. And it, and it wasn't us, of course, because as Black people, we were not allowed to be educated. So this is a complete war between the whites of America, right? They just did not want public education. But the country kept becoming industrialized. So we needed workers. Right. And, you know, these corporation owners decided the best way to get unlimited access to workers who could sit in a factory for hours on end doing the same task over and over without complaining. And who would, <laughs> can we talk about it? Girl, I did that for 14 years, but go ahead, honey. The reason why, you know, they, they were looking for employees. And so they started these funds, foundations, and they donated the money to the schools. And then they started making it really fun. Look at all the fun things your kids can do when they're in school. Um, and I don't think parents really understood what their underlying goals were, um, but some did. And in matter of fact, the very last holdout was a town in Massachusetts and in 1880, they had to send armed police to go to the town and take the children to send them to school. That's where the truancy officers come from. Oh my goodness, what? Isn't that crazy? So now fast forward a hundred years. Okay. And we're under Corona and mm. people are flipping out about the possibility <laughs> of just keeping their children home. Mm-hmm. But this country was founded by homeschoolers. Exactly. We and forgot. We forgot. Mm -hmm. And no, we didn't forget. They withheld the information. So okay. we always okay. wonder why it is our kids don't know how to do this or don't know how to do that. But it's really because information is strategically withheld by the educating body known as public school. Wow. They okay. teach you what they want you to know. Oh, girl. Yes, they do. Don't they? So you know what, That's what, there's a lot that we don't know. There's a lot. As homeschoolers, we have the freedom to decide what it is we wanna know and right. what it is we're gonna teach our children. And there's a lot of um, people who are against homeschooling right now and they're saying it's just a bunch of religious fanatics who wanna destroy the country. And I just laugh every time I hear it. I'm like, actually, People who homeschool are going back to the original foundations of this country, which is that we have the right to educate our own children the way we see fit. Exactly. And there's a lot of people who are secular homeschooling. It has no nothing to do with religion. It has no connections to the church. These are just people who are sick 
of their children being taught how to be good slaves. <laughs> there it is. Oops, hey, oops, there it is. You know, so we're, we're like, like, it's time to go. A lot of parents will come into homeschooling and they have no idea what they're doing. So first thing they do is recreate public school in their house. And when you recreate public school in your house, there's going to be arguments and conflicts because the teacher has to control the child. They have to control what they do, when they do it, when they go use the bathroom, when they take a break, when they go outside, when they come inside. I mean, it's imprisoning your child. And so your child, who is their own living, breathing soul, is going to rebel against that much control. And then people will say, well, homeschooling just didn't work for us. And I'll have to say, no, public school in your house didn't work for you. <laughs> okay. Homeschooling will work for anybody who does it right. Now tell us, how do we do it right? How do, because parents right now, it's like a ball of confusion. And yes. um, a lot of parents, you know, feel, you know, they're overwhelmed as you were, you know, just stating, you know, we're, we're doing it the public school way versus mm. our way right. at home, you know. And, and so that, that, that really, that says a lot right there. Mm -hmm. But a lot of parents, they just don't know where to start, what to do, you know. And I think what may happen here in Ohio, you know, they have these systems where you can become a part of. And, you know, they send you the books and it's free and they'll send you a computer. It's not free, sis. Uh, there Remember, you go. Remember, it's not free. It will cost you. It will cost Not you your peace in your house. There it you go. It will cost you your free time. Yes. It will cost you your sanity. It uh -huh. will cost you, you know, maybe not money. <laughs> but everything else. It's expensive else, huh? to be educated by the public school. You know what? Listening to what you're saying, it makes perfect sense to me. I never thought about that. Because again, you don't know, you know, me as a, as a younger woman, when I was homeschooling my children, I didn't have a clue. <laughs> and I was just, you know, I was kind of rebellious, I'm going to say. I didn't like the public school system as it was, you know, put in place, you know. And I, I used to volunteer with the schools. I was actually um, elected as the state representative of Ohio. I don't know if you ever heard of, you may have the National Coalition of Title I, Chapter One Parents. It's a national organization for parents. Okay. And, you know, we used to, we had to be elected. I was in the uh, Midwest region, Ohio, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, you know. And I say every two or three months, we were traveling to different cities and different states in our region. And then once a year, we would go to the national. And the schools paid for all of this, you know. They flew us around. We stayed in the best hotels. You know, they gave us a little per diem every day, you know, as parents. Most of the parents were not working, but I actually was a working parent. Mm -hmm. So I had to take off my job, you know, to attend all these banquets and functions and meetings and whatnot. But it was very, uh, it was, it, it was very educational. I, I learned a lot. But what, one of the things that I attempted to do, and this was, oh God, decades ago, we wanted to have an African-American curriculum put into the schools. Now, honey, let me tell you. I got more flack from African-American parents than probably from anybody. They just, they didn't understand. And just like you said, we're, we're learning what they want us to know. 
but we don't know nothing about our own history. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we didn't just start off as slaves in America. You know, no. so they don't teach you anything about all the great African civilizations and the wonderful things we did, right? Uh-huh. So, you know, you become Why do they adult. have to? You're going to send they your don't. kid to them whether they do or not. Exactly. They don't. Like, they don't, they don't have to do anything for us. Exactly. And you know what? And we grow up to be a bunch of educated dummies. <laughs> That's what we grow up to be. Mm-hmm. And then what I had to do, I had uh-huh. to... And I and I, I really say it like this. I had to go back to the kindergarten to learn about my heritage and my culture. And I really, I taught myself. So I didn't learn about the African and African-American history from school. I didn't even have an African-American history class. I think I had one in maybe the 11th grade. And you know, it was about the regular people, you know, Harriet Tubman, not, I'm not gonna say regular people, but you know, our typical heroines, you know, Harriet Tubman, you know, Frederick the Douglass, fabulous Martin Luther King. Yeah, you know, Martin Luther King, you know. We didn't learn anything about Haiti. We didn't learn anything about Africa. So again, I had to teach myself, you know. And so, again, I was a little rebellious. And my children are really a little rebellious. They don't just Well, this country along. was formed by rebellion. Well, we need right? to rebellion like if we look right at about the history. Now. We rebelled against the British, and when they were standing out there trying to battle us the old way, where they would line up and face off, you know, against the opposing army, we would hide in the woods and ambush them through militia. So, I mean, like, we were not, we've never played by the rules. It's always been whatever we want to do, we're going to do. And I, and that's, I'll tell people, like, the school system is not failing, guys. It's not failing. It is doing exactly what it was designed to do. It is succeeding so well. Yes, it, it is. It is so effective that it is producing year after year plenty of people who can be the clerk at Walmart and the burger flipper at <laughs> McDonald's. It's producing plenty of those people. Right. You know, we had more inventions, more creativity, more everything before this compulsory system or forced mm-hmm. system of schooling, you know? And so if you are going to leave your child, because I'll tell people homeschooling is not for everybody because you have to have the right mind. Right. So if you're going to leave your child in the system, even though you know it's not the best place for them, I'm not judging you. Even if they're bullied or, you know, things are happening, even if you see the light going out in their eyes and they just don't want to get up in the morning. Like if that's what you want to do, go right ahead. That is your decision. That is your child. But I will tell you that at least the least we can do for those kids in those situations is to become home educators. Which there you means go. we're going to partner with the school system. We're going to educate them ourselves at home when they're at home. And then we're going to make sure that the school systems are sticking to their end of the deal, which means you're involved, you're calling the teacher, you're showing up unannounced, you're participating and volunteering, you are getting involved. They know who you are because if you are an active participation at school, they're less likely to do things to your child. Exactly. And see, that's how these are humans. They will do things to your kids when you're not looking. So bring them a little, you know, fruit basket and put it in the teacher's lounge, bribe them and make sure they know it's from you so that they will take a little extra care of your child. 
Well, you know what? <laughs> you you know you are exactly right because I was again a parent volunteer mm-hmm. from the time my 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 oldest is my daughter Ebony, and uh, when she was in the kindergarten, that's when I became an uh, involved parent. You know, mm-hmm. and so I was I would pop up. You know, I was there. I was involved. I was just doing everything. Like I said, I mean, I was really an involved parent. So mm-hmm. I didn't worry so much. My daughter did very well. You know, as far as school goes, you know, she was straight A's and all of that. But, you know, by the time she got to middle school, she went from straight A's to straight F's. And that's the second most popular time that we see parents coming out into homeschool. (laughs) Okay. Because honestly, middle schools were not always designed this way. You know, Mm -hmm. initially in school systems, um, elementary was only first through fourth grades. And then um, primary Mm -hmm. was fifth grade through, um, I believe it's sixth grade, no, eighth grade, ninth grade. Primary was till ninth grade. Okay. And then there came high school. And the problem, when when they decided to create middle schools, it was basically Mm -hmm. because children really only have like humans really only have two developmental stages and that's childhood and adulthood okay if you follow any of the scriptures or you read you'll see that most of the time that coming of age happens between 12 and 13. okay so you're a child until you're about 12 or 13 and then in our communities ancient wise like you would become an adult at 13 and so you would Uh be expected to start doing things at that age okay right even in our history here in the united states it was not unusual for people to get married at 14 and 15 years old just because first of all we were not living as long then as we were now Uh right but also because there was no such thing as adolescence oh wow school systems created that term as a way to delay the maturing process for our children Oh, what? And they did that because there is money to be made in school. There you go. That's all about money. And the longer we can keep your children there, the more money that we can make. Wow. So if your child actually was finished with school at 16, like let's say they finished, they got their GED, they could go out and start working, supporting themselves, making their own lives. Right. If you go and you look at the marrying age here in Georgia, it was 15 up until three years ago. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. (laughs) You know, these are things we're just not aware of. Mm -mm. Um, In order to work in the state of Georgia, there is no limit on the age that a child can go to work if they're working for their family. Oh. If you're working in certain industries, you can go to work at 12 years old. Whoa. In America? In Georgia. Oh, okay, yeah, Georgia. And you know, and I tell people, (laughs) we don't have the time anymore to go and look into our state's laws and to understand what our rights and liberties are, right? Because we're so busy. Yes. But if we were homeschoolers, guess what? You have nothing but time. You got time. (laughs) You have time. That's one of the reasons I homeschool. That's one of the reasons I've done a lot of things, because I have to have time. I like Mm -hmm. to do things when I want to do them. You know, and I don't know, I'm just like that. Uh, It it, it struck me when you just said, um, you know, you can go to school up to the age of 16. I graduated from high school at 16. 
Mm-hmm. And I actually could have graduated at 15, but my mother didn't want me to be pushed, and you know, from the third to the fourth grade. Right. And by the time I was 15, I was so tired of school. I mean, Talk girl, I was it. like, oh my God. So what right. I- <laughs> So why keep them for three more years doing what? Yeah. Oh, I know. It's so they can be on homecoming court and have prom. But wait a minute, dances. I didn't go to my prom. Listen, I was oh. so glad to be through with school, honey. I didn't go to prom. I didn't do nothing. I went to graduation and that was it. I wanted to go to work. I didn't even want to go to college when I, you know, I was like 16 years old. I wanted to go to work. You know what I mean? I really wanted yeah. to go to work. And start and that's your life. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, that's, and that's, that's basically what I did. But then I, I say about 18 and 19, I was like, I hate this job. <laughs> so I went to college, you know what I mean? Because I hated the job. Yeah. But it's just interesting that you say that. Man, I'm learning a lot from you, but, but continue, sister, because you really, uh, really educate me today. Awesome, you know, and I, and I want to, for everybody to educate themselves because education really is the drawing out from it's it's, come, it's pulling knowledge out of you so the kids the kids for example they go from having their childhood end and be immediately responsible for their lives making their own decisions being able to decide when they come and they go and following their own interests right and then all right. of a sudden introduce schooling and we say no you can't you need to sit here you only get to read what i tell you to read you only get to do what I tell you to do. I'm the teacher. And I, as a teacher, don't even get to decide that. There's an invisible force of experts. And you don't even know who those experts are, what their mm-hmm. qualifications are, or who qualified them to make these decisions about you and your child, right? But these, in this invisible force now develops a curriculum and say, this is what you need to learn, and this is what you need to do, and you can't do anything outside of what we tell you. Mm-hmm. And it sounds crazy, but this is what we agree to every school year, right? Right. What we agree to. And so now your child, who is perfectly, I mean, if this was 200 years ago, your child would have been out in the world at 13 years old, thinking about what they're going to do for their livelihood. And now they're in school, sitting, watching a video and listening to a lecture. Well, of course, there's going to be behavioral outbursts because right. these kids are fiercely individual. Like they're they're independent beings, and so and they're hormonal. <laughs> exactly. So it was and causing you know, so many problems. They ended uh-huh. up creating a whole another space for them. So now they take all the hormonal kids and put them in middle school. Oh Lord, that's where I had my problems, honey. That's where I had the problems. And then when you're all done and you calm down, you can come back for high school. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Very interesting. There's a lot of things that we as parents don't really know what we're agreeing to. Because I've heard mm-hmm. parents say things like, well, they're not teaching cursive anymore. And I'm like, okay. Uh, <laughs> they're not teaching a lot of things anymore. You know? <laughs> they're not. But it's like, so so they broke the contract. You thought they were supposed to teach cursive and they aren't. Are you showing up at the school board meetings? Are you serving on any of those panels to get that curriculum changed? What are you doing? Except going, well, they violated the contract, but here, have my child because Mm -hmm. I need to go to work. And And I can't spend all day with my children. Right, and that's basically what it is. That that really is, you know, and uh, it's a lot that goes into this because the parents basically, and you know what, but if we look at the system, 
we don't really pay educators the way they should be paid. And they're kind of like glorified babysitters, I think. And I think parents, like you said, they, they're trying to get rid of these children and they're going to be there for eight hours because the parents have to go to work. If you got a two-parent household and nobody's there, or even if you got a one-parent household because the, the, the single mom or single dad may be working two jobs and whatnot. And so the children are kind of really raising themselves a lot. I mean, we put them in school, they're there eight hours. You really don't spend time. You, what, what time do we really spend right. with our children? And we're working. In my case, I was working and going to college when I had my children. You know what I mean? And I felt like I just didn't have time for myself, let alone for my children. And I'm one of those people who like to to, to travel and do things and what well, we would call them field trips, right? You would love world schooling, man. Girl, that's a, that's a new subset of homeschooling where people just travel with their kids all over the world and teach them on their that would be That would be my cup of tea. That would be yeah. something I would love to do. And I see that you have a lot of things going on within your organization. <laughs> Scuba diving is one. And oh, honey, yes. But I see your soul out, so you know, there's no oh. room. But maybe you'll have another one. We'll do it again. One. We'll do it again. Yes, we'll give them we'll do it again because I would love to learn how to scuba dive. But just imagine that. What school do you know? <laughs> well, particularly in the black community, black or brown or poor community, that has a scuba diving field trip. Well, Nobody. you know what? I I'll tell you. I got to go back and talk about your your whole conversation about teachers because I was okay. a teacher for several years. Actually, right. at my highest point, I was an assistant principal. Okay. Um, and teachers are not glorified babysitters. They really aren't. These are really wonderful people exactly. who want to serve children, um, but they're powerless. Mm, mm, and mm. so basically they are overseers on the plantation. Oh my God. Wait a minute, honey. Say that again. So I, I as a teacher, was just an overseer on the plantation. That's Oof. my job. And it didn't matter what color your child was. My job was to make sure that they did whatever the master wanted on that plantation, that school. <laughs> that was it. I was a great person. I loved my children. You know, my class, uh, oh my goodness. They were like my own children. Mm -hmm. But as I became more aware, I realized that when I would look at my children, they would do things for the teacher that they would not do for me. You know, like they were more patient, more understanding, more loving. They want to bring the teacher gifts and didn't want to do that for me and I'm their mom. Wow. Can we can we just remember, like, you remember there's a whole teacher appreciation week. Right. Where's mom appreciation week? Where's dad <laughs> appreciation week? I get a day. Oh my goodness. Stuff about this. Right. So they're really ingratiating our children to love and value and honor these teachers. And then my kids would come home and tell me things like, well, that's not how my teacher did it. Ah. Okay. I feel I, when I realized that was happening, I said, oh, no, 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 no. Your teacher only sees you for 180 days of school year. And that's if I send you every day. If they don't close the school for bad weather, they only see you for four hours a day. I am with you always. I mm -hmm. carried you for nine months. You're not going to teach the uh, treat the teacher better than you treat me. Oh, my. Okay. That was the rule in our house. Don't be good to the teacher and then give me your behind to kiss like no ma'am <laughs> no ma'am I, I understand that you know i never even thought about that like that 
We're not aware of those things. So now what happens is the kid goes to school and they're such an angel, but at home they're back talking, they're disrespectful, they're rude. They oh. don't do what you tell them. And now you're just like, who is this child? Ah. The school system is winning. Oh my goodness. The school system has to make sure, sure that as a good citizen, your child is willing to turn you in if you don't if you don't follow the government's laws. Isn't that <laughs> you gotta something? be willing to snitch on you when you're not doing things right. You know what? They are they're training us so well. We we are, are trained, we're indoctrinated, we're programmed. But you know what? This whole coronavirus situation, it's making us think, I think. Well, it's making I me think. So. And I'm hoping it's making most of us think and, so. and take a look at and reset, readjust or re whatever we need to do to get back to some kind of sense of sanity. I mean, it, 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 it is really, we'll come you know back what? To I, ourselves, I, you know, because ourselves are not independent in our families. We, we are interdependent. Uh-huh. We understand our need for one another. And yet school systems have parents turning on kids. Like I read that a mother went to the court because, you know, and, and now her daughter is actually locked up because she wasn't doing the homes or the work at home. Is that the situation the that's in the news? The, called the truancy people or whoever she called to turn in her child and tell them she's not doing her work. So, I mean, look at how we've turned on each other, even within our own family units. We're not committed to making sure that our family survives. It's us against the world. We're not worried about building generational wealth or legacy. We're not worried about any of that. Well, you know what? See, you have to be deprogrammed. And I believe that's what happened with me. Um, I quit my job. I had a corporate job for 14 years. I hated it, but I was making money. I worked for the telephone company straight out of high school. Well, when I turned 18, I got the job there. Mm -hmm. And I just had a whole different mindset. I started re-educating myself, right? Self-education, where I come from, what my people came, where they came from. And so my children, they were little and they were learning when I was learning. And I didn't even really paying attention. Yes. And when, as I was, let me tell you this, hon, I got to tell you this. When I was learning about, I, I have a fascination with ancient Egypt, Kemet. And as I was learning about Kemet and Maat and, and, you know, the great, greats, and, you know, I was teaching my children, but I didn't really know what the heck I'm, you know, I'm learning. And so they're learning too, but my children remembered. And so my children, they, they were a little different, you know what I'm saying? And again, because they would challenge you. And so, you know, most of my family were like, Oh, oh your children were not good citizens, Tammy. Oh, no. Your no, children no, no, were not no. good citizens. No. Well, they got it from their mama. They really did. <laughs> <laughs> because I had to challenge. You can't just tell me anything. These days, you can't even just show me. You know, you got to, it, it, it is so much, um, so much confusion. And it's so, you know, we don't, it's like we're in a twilight zone. That's what I say. I say we're in a twilight zone. Because you have those of us who have studied and, you know, and learned something about the, the way we used to, the, when I say when we were great, okay? Yes. And when my children said, came back to me and they were talking about my, I, I knew they had paid attention. Mm-hmm. You know, my children, you can just tell them anything mm-hmm. about, you know, this white Jesus in the church. You know, they, they, couldn't, they couldn't relate to that. 
because at home they they saw my you know they they knew what what where we came from when I said when we were great so see they definitely wouldn't be a good citizen <laughs> but Sorry. you know we don't have a clue Lisa we don't have a clue because we've been programmed what 12 13 years Actually, this has been going on for about 115 years. Well, there you go. There you go. But I mean, as far as like, you know, with my children and myself, yeah. you go to school and this is all you learn. And then, you know, you graduate from high school and it's like, is this, is this what it is? Is this how it goes? I, girl, I no, that's so when your shocked. education begins when you graduate from high school. There you go. Because honey, I went into corporate America and I was like shocked. Do they treat people like this? This, I mean, you, you know, it, it was just a mess. It, and I did that like again for 14 years. And I, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I like to, uh, I'm a creative type, right? And my children are all basically entrepreneurial in their thought. You know, they don't want to go work for people. They don't want to do this kind of thing. So, but you have to start somewhere, right? But I know they get that from me and I ain't mad at them. But as right. you said- But at some point you had to say that you weren't going to travel down the road that you're you know, grandparents, great grandparents right. traveled down, it was gonna turn with you. And I think that's a lot right. of parents right now are have to make that decision. Is it gonna turn with me right now? I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm gonna do it anyway. I'm pulling my children out. I am not <laughs> signing your death waiver in case my child gets mm -hmm. COVID. I am not bringing the public school into my home where you get to dictate to me what I do in my own house. I'm not doing it. <laughs> You know what? That's where I was at. And I, I really feel for the new parents and whatnot. I have one grandchild. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm going to see my son. That's uh, by my son, my oldest son. And I'm going to see, but uh, I think his auntie and his grandma are going to be helping educate my grandson. You know, oh, yeah. I just can't be putting these kids in those schools. But Lisa, listen, you and I could talk forever. And we, we, we're going to continue to have this conversation, but I want you to let the audience know, how can they get in touch with you? What, what, you know, what advice would you give a parent that's in this situation right now, don't know what to do? What, okay. do, what kind of advice would you give them? Well, they can always visit our Facebook page. It's a new way um, and, uh, or email us at a new way at gmail.com. And a and new way is, well, wait a minute, tell us about a new, a new, Oh yes, so Anua is actually Yoruba, it means there is mercy. And so from there that we mercy. took a new way because we need to do something different for our families. Um, and it stands for knowledge, understanding and wisdom. So our philosophy is that our primary goal in life is to train or to prepare our children to replace us. And the mm. best way that we can do that is by providing them experiences in which they can learn. Because you know, mm -hmm. people don't, you can't teach anybody anything. You can't teach your children anything. They're only going to learn it when they're good and ready to. And you know what? That's so profound. You know, because you said that, or you wrote that you had it written or somewhere I saw that. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, we don't, we don't think like that, that you can't teach. Because you know what? When, when I was very involved with the school, when my daughter was in like fourth, fifth grade or whatever, they started talking about each child learns different and there's, you know, different ways to teach a child. You got the visual, yeah. the auditory, the this and that. And so I thought that was cutting edge. I was like, okay, because I knew my kids were different, right? So yeah. I'm like, okay, this one is that way, this one is that way, yo. So I thought that was really, but, but what you're saying is, it's already in you. 
right? So we're right. gonna pull it so, out. I mean, so our philosophy at a new way is that our children have been here before, like our spirits have been here before. So wow. it's not our job as parents to pour into them this knowledge that they need for this oh lifetime. Mm. Our purpose is to put them in situations and experiences where we can draw out their memories and help them to remember oh what God. they already know. And so Ooh, for us, girl. that looks very different than what you will see in public schools. I will tell parents, you want to go into a period of detox and de-schooling, you're apprenticing mm -hmm. children. I've said this before, the ancient way that Africans taught their children was so effective that they became like employee of the year, the most desirable workers on planet earth, especially in this country for 400 years. Oh, they would go God. and kidnap children from Africa because children from Africa also knew how to grow rice. Mm -hmm. Right? So there is a system of education that we used to use that was primarily founded on apprenticeship. Mm -hmm. So for us, in giving your child these experiences, we want you to stay with your child. Let them stand right next to you and whatever it is you're doing, let them see you do it. Let them ask questions. When they're curious, they will ask and that's when they're ready to learn. So for wow. us, it's okay if your child isn't ready to learn until seven years old. That's okay. Because mm -hmm. our great, great, great grandparents, some of them didn't learn till they were in their 50s. Wow. And they still managed to support wow. their families and take care of themselves. Right. So there's this pressure coming from for us to force this system, this plan, this set journey on our children when really we can just live life with them, learn oh with God. them, love just them. Mercy. Wait a minute. Simple. You say New. Okay, now, first of all, I want you to spell new, and you, you mentioned it, but you didn't yes. really spell it. To the, so, so tell us, you say it's new, not N-E-W. No. But K-N, that stands for knowledge, then U stands for understanding, and W stands for wisdom. Oh, my so goodness. So K-N-U-W. So to, to get into, your website is? Anewway.com. So www.anewway.com. That's A K N U W W A Y dot yep. com. That's so it. So, people, whoever listening, I know, you know, everybody is probably tripping <laughs> going yeah, to the coronavirus. Everybody, honey, we tripping, I'm tripping, everybody yeah. tripping. So, we got to just do it a new way. The yeah. K N U W way. And you know what, sister? I'm going to meet you very soon because I'm coming yes. down to Georgia. I would have been down here actually, but uh, you know how that goes. But I'm coming down and I really would love for people to get in touch with you, to check out your website, to look at what you're doing, because you also uh, have like, uh, I don't want to say it's like a, a teacher's plan, but it's, uh, you have a package where people can like one like what, 101 and like, right. take the, you know, you, you yeah. charge so a little- So we do virtual, training. yeah, we do virtual training for people who are coming into homeschool because you can't come out of the public school and go immediately into homeschool. There's like a 90% mm -hmm. chance you'll recreate public school in your home and then mm -hmm. that will lead to tears. And we don't want anybody to be unhappy because homeschooling really is a happy experience. There, There is no conflict, there is no 
anger. There's there's none of that, you know. And so we just want to make sure that people understand what it is this is. And there's a lot of times where you're going to want to kind of knee-jerk reaction and go back to doing things the way that you learned them. And that's going to mm -hmm. be detrimental to your family's happiness. So we just wanted to make sure that people understood kind of like the way that we do it. In Georgia, it's simple. Georgia is one of the most homeschooling friendly states because all we okay. have to do is fill out a declaration of intent to homeschool and that's it. Okay. You draw your child from the public school and you're done. Um, yes, we have to teach them certain subjects like reading, language, arts, math, science, and social studies, but mm -hmm. you get to decide the parameters of that and how you're going okay. to do it. So in our family, we apprentice our children, and let's say I'm teaching my daughters how to do laundry, that's going to be their math because they're sorting and categorizing. Okay. That's going to be their history. If we say, well, I wonder who made the washing machine. What did people used to do before they wash clothes, you know, this way? Right. It's going right. to be their reading, you know, because they're going to have to read the labels on clothes, read the packets on the washing machine, like all of that. And it's going to be their um, science because maybe you need to learn the best way to get this stain out or the best way to treat this fabric. So, I mean, the entire process incorporates all of those disciplines that they're saying need to be broken apart in public school and in homeschool. They all come back together because your child is going to learn exactly on the, the pace that they were meant to learn. And mm -hmm. ultimately, we want them to grow into the person that God destined them to be. And that's not going to happen if we keep putting limits on them. So, you know what? You had mentioned something else when we spoke on the phone about a week ago. You said that, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but your system that's in Georgia, you, a person, let's say in, in Ohio, who wants to, let's say, I don't want to say duplicate, but replicate your system how how are you doing that do a person have yeah just explain that a little bit okay so we have a homeschool cooperative that is a social yes. experiential co-op okay and what we do is we coordinate events for the homeschooling public events like you were mentioning with the scuba diving mm -hmm. and we will do things like we're going to go to the okie swamp we'll go kayaking we'll you know take the kids out into the woods and let them make their own fire and build their own shelter um, whoa yeah. Um, okay. There's actually there's actually a farm here in um, just outside of Savannah that was a part of one of the very few 40 acres and the mule awards oh, given to an African no. family. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. You say what? Girl, come on you, now. You know, some some of us actually got the 40 acres and no. a mule. No, no, we did. Didn't yeah, we? we did. Yeah, oh, we did. God. Yeah, well, we did. Well, you know what? My family didn't get it. They we just don't know it because a lot of their descendants sold off the land. Yes, I know that. That I know. That yeah. I know. But I'm still holding on. Yeah, but this particular property, it's called the Promised Land Farm. And so we started going and talking to the owners, and they're going to let us come out and rent a row. So we created a family farming co-op where families can come out and work the land together. And their kids are going to get to know how to plant and grow their own food. Oh, my God. Build their own chicken coop and take care of the chickens. Now, girl, what? I don't know anything about taking care of no chickens. <laughs> Me either. Honey, but I can't even grow a plant. Right alongside my children. <laughs> that, see, there you go. We uh, we we have to learn together. Because see, I have yeah. that situation right now. My family, uh, my great 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 grandmother, purchased. She wasn't. It wasn't given to her. I saw the deed. Uh, a hundred, one hundred and one quarter acre of land in Fort Valley, Georgia. Right. Yeah. Now, honey, 
So that was in 1879. So now I'm, I've been holding up girl for about 20 years. And now, you know, because I'm not agricultural. I, I can't plant, I can't grow. I can't do none of that. I don't even have an interest really. And then neither my what? children. I'm going to tell you one of the side effects of public education. It really mm -hmm. does kill our creativity. Yes, ma'am. Because sis, I will tell you, if I had access to your land right now, I would be opening it up to let black families all over this nation relocate and build their own tiny homes on it. <laughs> well, you know what? And they could work That's, it for me. Listen, listen, you know, I'm, I'm in communication with a lot of different folks. I, I do have a plan. Awesome. Uh, but I, I cannot sell this land, you know, because no, I don't know what my family went through to keep it. I know what I've gone through over the last 20 years to keep it. I don't lost everything to keep that land, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it is what it is. Listen, I, put I, it in a kufa. You're in, in Georgia. Water. It's in Georgia. I know, so put it in a kufa. And that will take your kuva? taxes. Oh, girl, let's talk later. Oh, girl, 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 girl. We got to talk, talk later. later. Listen, <laughs> I don't, I, I, listen, we, we really got to talk. I'm going to come down there and see you quicker girl, than you've been up. That will enough. lower your taxes on that land by one of the nine tenths. You only have to but, pay one tenth. But listen, I, listen I, I I got it in something, but I don't think it's called that. But I ain't paying like what I supposed to be because I was no, no. informed by some other brilliant black women what to do. And right. so like, again, you know, but now I have a vision of what I want to create. Awesome. And so we yeah, a vision we perish. Oh yes, but you so know I what? love it. Listen, I may come down here in Georgia. Who knows what I'm getting ready to do? But I know I'm getting ready to come down to Georgia. I cannot wait to meet you. And you make me want to <laughs> like, bring my grandson, even though I didn't really have no intention on bringing my grandson. But I might have to bring family. my grandson. <laughs> yeah, because you know what? I would love for somebody in Cleveland. East Cleveland. Oh, yeah. Here so all you have to do, listen, all you have to do is message us and we will give you the blueprint to recreate a social experiential co-op right in your oh area. Oh, my God. And there's no charge to do it. We just want everybody to start recreating these things in their own areas, to start Ooh. getting our families the opportunity to come out from among them and start oh, educating our goodness. own children. Well, you know what? You have been like a breath of fresh air. Huh? This morning. Right. Now, even though, you know, it was a challenge because we had to go through what we had to go through to get on this call. Right. Technical but, difficulties. Yes, ma'am. But you know what? You and I are going to talk very, very soon. And again, Lisa, I want you to tell the listening audience, how do they get in touch with you? And spell it out, please. Okay. The best way is to go to facebook.com forward slash a new way. That's A-K-N-U-W. W-A-Y and visit our Facebook page, like it. I mean, it doesn't matter if you are in our area or not. You can see right. what we're doing. If you ever make it to Savannah, we would love to have you come and hang out with us. We do events right now because of COVID. We are kind of limiting the amount of events we do and um, making right. sure that we are still outside with plenty of room to social distance. And, but we're, we just want for everybody to understand that there is an alternative to compulsory education. And, and the alternative is probably the best way to free ourselves. There is healing in homeschool. There is healing That's in what you said. That's what you said, Lisa, when we talked on the phone. You talked about compulsory education, because I was clueless. I didn't know what you, what you meant, but I know, you know, the way you broke it down. And the healing. Let's call it what it is. It's forced schooling. There you go. And anybody who wants to homeschool is looked at like they're crazy 
because right. they want to get off the merry-go-round and march to the beat of their own drum. But we are That's not it. crazy. We are heading back into the way that this, you know, everyone used to be. Homeschoolers founded this country, and then the you government tried to control everybody so now it's like and that's it, it, let's well, be free we, again we, see, we can be free see, again you know what we see where that got us right in the middle of the twilight zone that's yeah. where we are but this, the last point when you talked about the healing mm. tell, tell me like really from your heart that the healing of homeschooling because when i was talking telling people i was going to do this i mentioned that this healing that we need to be healed mm-hmm. and that you know T- tell us what do you, how do, how do you uh, how would you how would you really uh, explain that your your concept of healing through the mm-hmm. homeschool without going into the whole right. just of what we talked about right. just to summarize what you, what all you've seen. Right. Well, the first thing I would say is that um, we are a people who are sick. There There's an illness in our mind mm-hmm. because we cannot do that which we want to do. Mm-hmm. We are not encouraged to do the thing that would be best for us. Mm. And so that creates two worlds that we have to live in. The world where we feel something to be true inside of our hearts and our minds and the world where we have to do what we're told. Mm, mm, mm. You know children, what? You know what? That's all you need to say. Yeah. Because if anybody got any sense, no, that's true. Mm. As black people it's in really, America, really, it's really damaging, right? Very damaging. But you know what, really sis? Damaging. I have another appointment. You were fabulous. You and I will talk again. Yes, ma'am. Uh, as a matter of fact, what is the day? Thursday. Okay, so we'll talk. <laughs> we'll talk this weekend, Lisa. We're gonna talk this weekend. Oh, I'll be out on the farm, so we'll talk. Oh, not this weekend. Okay, well, not this weekend. Well, you know what? We, we you might be seeing me in Georgia next week. That's all I'm gonna say. But anyway, but listen, I, I really appreciate you. This is my third podcast and you know, it's something I really want to do. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I got people lined up want to get on my podcast, but I had to put you in there girl, because this whole schooling situation Mm, is a real situation. And I know these parents don't have a clue, you know, and our, our babies, you know, we, we, we really have to step up. You know, we got to do our own thing. We have to listen to people like you who have done this. And again, Lisa, this is a new way. That's A-K-N-U-W-W-A-Y.com. And a new stands for... Knowledge, knowledge understanding, and understanding, and wisdom. And on that note, sister, I want you to have a great weekend. It's going to start today, Thursday. I will be talking to you very soon. And you know what? Just stay safe, my sister, until I get down to meet you in person. Yes, ma'am. All right. I'll see you soon. Okay, babe. All right, honey. Have a good one now. You too. All right. Bye. You have listened to Tammy Talks to Everybody. This is a podcast on Anchor. Please tune in at least once a month. We're going to have other fantastic guests. Just-